Um, Before we pray, our our second reading this evening is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. A couple of years ago, my friend bought me this book. It's called How to Do Just About Everything, such as get on TV, improve your memory, jumpstart a car. It says things like how to choose a university, get internet access, buy a property at auction, make chicken stock, train a dog, shine shoes, leave a party graciously, sleep on a plane, alleviate puffy eyes, and you'll all be pleased to know it tells you how to apply makeup to achieve a natural look. So if anyone would like to borrow this, you're more than welcome. But what more could anyone want to know than what is in there? It does, of course, tell us how to do pretty much everything. But you know, the verse that we're looking at tonight, well, that really does tell us how to do everything. It says, whatever you do, do in the name of Jesus. The way it is written, when it says, whatever you do in word or deed, it's without limit. It means everything we do. That's right, absolutely everything. Not just the stuff that we might choose. But sadly, that's definitely not how the vast majority of Christians choose to live, or at least a lot of them. We tend to separate our lives off into different parts, don't we? And often those parts are our Christian lives and the rest of our lives. There might be an overlap between the two, but... More often than we'd like to admit, I think sometimes we keep the two apart from each other. It's like we pick and choose when we live at our faith and when we don't. And by that, I simply mean there are situations in life that we might choose not to do what we really know we ought to do because it might be easier that way. We say we'll do anything for God, but as long as it's not this, that or whatever it is. But that verse from Colossians, Colossians 3.17, it gets rid of any possible notion of a split between the two. Everything you do is to be done with God and glorifying him in mind. And yes, by everything, it really does mean everything. I'm going to come back to that in a little while, but I want us to look at the bit about that, are, that tells us that our words and deeds must be done in the name of Jesus and with thankfulness. What does that bit mean? Well, this day and age, um, to a lot of people, a name re- isn't really that important. It's just a label by which you refer to someone. But this was not true in the ancient world, and it certainly wasn't true of Jesus. Notice that in the verse, Paul uses Jesus' name. If Paul wanted to just make reference to Jesus, he could have used one of his many titles, such as Lord or Christ. In fact, Paul uses Christ more often than Jesus in the whole of Colossians. But here, 
He uses Jesus' name because it's much more than a label used to identify him. His name represents his very person, and it was particularly chosen to signify his identity, all that he is and all that he would do. Right back for the birth of Jesus in Matthew 1.21, the angel told Joseph, and she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for it is he who will save people from their sins. In Acts 4.12, Peter boldly tells the Sanhedrin, and there is salvation under no one else. For there is no under name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus made it clear that individual salvation is dependent on them believing in his name. For they are the ones that receive him and have the right to become children of God. In future, it will be at the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The command here is similar to the command to pray in Jesus' name. And so in everything we do, in word or deed, we're to do them in such a way that they're in accordance with Jesus' will, with God's will. The things we communicate to others and the deeds that we do are to be consistent with the way Jesus would communicate to others and the things he would do. Whatever you do in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The things we say and the things we do should be the things that Jesus would say and the things that Jesus would do. Obviously, the more we get to know him through reading our Bibles and through spending time in prayer, it would be easier to follow this command. And the more we grow close to him, the more we will want to do his will instead of our own. But to do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, is to pursue his interests above your own. It'll mean, perhaps, adopting a new attitude that says, I want others to see Jesus living through me. I want him to work through me in what I say and in what I do. I want my light to shine before men that they will glorify my Father in heaven because that light is reflecting Jesus. Let people see Jesus in your words and in your deeds, in what you say and what you do. And then we're told to give thanks as we do it. In Budapest, a man goes to the rabbi and complains, life is unbearable. There are nine of us living in one room. What shall I do? The rabbi answers, take your goat into the room with you. The man is incredulous, but the rabbi insists, do as I say and come back in a week. A week later, the man comes back looking more distraught than before, We cannot stand it, he tells the rabbi. The goat is filthy. The rabbi then tells him, go home and let the goat out and come back to me in a week. A radiant man returns a week later, exclaiming, life is beautiful. We enjoy every minute of it now. There is no goat, only the nine of us. The other attitude we're told to have is one of thankfulness. Obviously, Those two things are connected because if we're living as Jesus wants us to do, then surely we'll be giving thanks to God in all things. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of the lips that give thanks to his name. And according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, we're to give thanks in everything. 
We can only do that if we have the right focus. And if that focus is on him. So we need to seek to understand life according to his direction and to trust him for the future, even when we might not understand the present. It was Martin Luther King who said, faith is taking the first step even when we can't see the whole staircase. Trusting God isn't always an easy thing to do, but sometimes it, it's something we should all, well, it is something we should all do. And this verse tells us to be thankful as we do it. To be thankful in everything. So let's look back to that bit that said, whatever you do in word or deed. Whatever you do in word covers the things that we write as well. Everything we communicate by means of language. The things we say and the things we write. It's in James 3, 1 to 12 that we're reminded of the dangers of the tongue because it's so powerful and yet difficult to control. James makes several analogies about how small yet powerful the tongue is, like a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship. It's small but can direct something vastly greater than itself. It's small but like a spark, it can set a whole forest on fire. It's small but it's very dangerous. It's easy to praise God and be thankful when you're in church, maybe. But what about on the way home when someone cuts you up and they really shouldn't have? How easy is it then? And things like that may be reminding us of the reality of daily living, but it shouldn't be. It's everything we say that should be in the name of Jesus, which when you think about it is a huge, huge command. One of the biggest problems um, we have with what we say is that it actually reveals what we're thinking and how we view the world. And everything the Bible tells us about how we use our tongue applies to what we communicate by writing. Since a letter or a note has to be thought out um, or delivered, there's usually more thought put into it than electronic communication. Um, through things like email and instant messaging and phone texting and blogging and social networks, we have all sorts of communication problems, I'm sure you'll agree. Written communication lacks the emotion that you might see in person. Then we have the danger of text speech, which is barely understandable at best. Things like emails or instant messages are exactly that. They're instant. Once you press send, it is gone. And not only are the most things we send these days instant, but they're also broadcast to a large group of people. This can be a good thing, but you can hear stories of people hitting the wrong button and sending emails to the wrong group of people. And that can then be sent on. Stuff written on social media is there for whoever wants to access it, which is probably more than you think. A simple thing to remember is if you don't want the world to see it, don't put it where the world can see it. Or just don't put it at all, actually, is probably more the point. If what you're going to say doesn't glorify God or isn't in keeping with his character, then don't say it or don't write it. We need to try our best to be a positive witness for Jesus that will build others up in the things we say and the things we do. Whatever we do in word must be for him. And the other part is whatever we do in deed. The word deed is also translated as work, our action, or behaviour. It's referring to everything we do. 
And all the general principles that apply to whatever we do in word also apply to whatever we do in deed. Your behaviour also communicates, and as they say, actions speak louder than words. People need to be able to trust our words, but people need to also be able to trust our actions. Our words and our deeds need to match up and need to be in keeping with Jesus' character and his will. So these words and deeds that need to match up, which are they? Well, whatever you do, and that means everything. That's not just church work or religious deeds or spiritual actions. That means everything. Your behaviour at work, school or wherever you find yourself. It includes the activities of daily life. Your attitudes towards others, whatever you're doing. It includes the mundane things of life as well. So yes, things like housework. We should even be thankful to God when we're running the hoover around. All that we do is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is, we are to live our lives in a manner that's consistent with his character and his will. All that we do, we should do as if we're doing it for him, because we are. There's so much we do in life that we don't even think about, and we just get on and do it. But this verse says that actually we should put active thought and intentional effort into all of our actions. Matthew 5.16 says... Let your light shine before men in a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We're always on, as it were. We're always visible. And our enemy will look to expose our every mistake and sin to those around us. He wants to tear the message of the cross down and invalidate the gospel to a watching world. The best way to do that is to expose people who say they follow that message to be no different to anyone else. Because if the good news of Jesus really was so great and life-changing, then why aren't we different to other people? But if we follow Colossians 3.17 wholeheartedly and with everything, then that is a bit of a game-changer. Everything we do should be for God. And if we're really to take time to think about whether this is true in our lives, I think many of us would fall short if we think about something we do and ask ourselves if we actually do it for him and we know that the answer is no then we need to think about that but I think we'd also perhaps think about unreasonable or not right motives we're supposed to live a life where to live is Christ and to die is gain so think about the things that you do and then think about Colossians 3.17 Being honest, do we do what we do to honour God? Are we doing things we do in order to glorify him? Or are we doing them for other reasons? There might be other good reasons. It might be that we just feel obliged or we might like a certain position. Even the things we say um, is a good thing isn't good if we're doing it for the wrong reason. We need to be doing everything we do because we're doing it for God. Thinking back to previous verses in Colossians 3, uh, we need to choose to respond to others with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. We need to choose to respond to others in love. And we need to choose to respond to God's love by letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and therefore in our lives. 
We're all responsible to love one another in his name. We're all responsible for that. Remember his words to his disciples. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This isn't an option. This isn't Jesus giving advice. The previous verse reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is a command. He has given himself as the example and he calls us to follow him. Our love for one another will be the identifying mark that we belong to him. We're to do everything in his name. And if we're to honour rather than dishonour his name, we must love one another. And that means caring for each other in practical ways. It means looking out for one another. It means paying attention to everyone because everyone matters because everyone is a child of God. These things are our responsibility in the name of Jesus. That name, that same name has also given us the ability. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. It's the name of Jesus that we have everything we need to be the people who God wants us to be. We have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us so we're no longer helpless and we're no longer slaves to sin. We can be understanding of others who don't measure up to our standards. We can do that. We can be forgiving of people. It is possible to do that. We can be kind. We can do that. To say that we can't is to say that Christ is, Christ's power is of no avail and the Holy Spirit is not strong enough to work in us. Christ has given us the responsibility and the ability. This book might think it can tell us how to do everything, but actually this one verse in that book, or I don't actually have a Bible, this book, here we go, um, this one verse in here does. Whatever you do, in word or deed, whether in church or outside of the church, whether religious or secular, I'm adding that bit in, Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as his representative, under his protection, united in him, filled with his strength, giving thanks to God the Father in a spirit of thankfulness, through him, through and only through our Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray together.